for most people, reading a description of your type or reading about your type is a little like, uh, you know, a light coming on in a darkened room sometimes. But, you know, what I've realized and what the systems are, um, in my opinion, really intended to help you see is that there's actually some other doors that have not been opened in that room that you haven't even been aware of. And so what I'm interested in now is helping people identify those doors or, you know, basically identify those things that are not at their conscious level of awareness. Like what are the things that are driving you automatically? Um, you know, that you're, you're, it's just so part of, of your normal automatic behavior that you're not even really aware of it. And a lot of those things are not helpful, right? If we could take conscious control of them or, or become aware of them, then we have the power, uh, possibility of changing them. And the purpose of that would be to change them for having the kind of life we really want, to feel fulfilled, to feel purposeful, to feel more meaningful, and those kinds of things. Welcome to the INF Club podcast. I'm Jazz Hoti, and this is the podcast for INFJs and INFPs, and other intuitives and highly sensitives, to provide you with nourishment, understanding, and inspiration as you navigate your journey. Whether you are listening for the first time, or you have tuned in previously, thank you for being here, and welcome to the show. It's Jazz giving you a warm welcome to another episode. This is another conversation episode, and my conversation partner today is Leslie McDaniel. In Leslie's words, I help creative and ambitious personality types, including INFJs, to tap the potential of their personality to live a more purposeful life. Now, Leslie's a friend and also someone who I've previously received coaching from. Um, and I can vouch for her working with INFJs, but also other intuitive personality types. I'm an INFP, for example. And as far as understanding and using personality typing for growth goes, Leslie really knows her stuff. In fact, she'd be at the top of my list for any questions I had around the cognitive functions or anything Myers-Briggs or Enneagram related, or crucially, using personality type as a vehicle from which you can grow, create a life that fits you, and ultimately live better. You see, I remember in the early days of discovering that I was an INFP, I'd be Googling those four letters and kind of reading everything that anything and everything I could get my hands on. And sometimes I'd come across stuff which might be construed as negative or you know disempowering, um, I remember reading, for example, that uh, INFPs are amongst the least likely to be entrepreneurs. Um, and so, yeah, just stuff that wasn't so helpful. And so, um, or perhaps I didn't receive in the most helpful light. And I, this is why I, I think I feel I 
I'm so passionate about understanding the nuances of personality type and um, yeah, we talk in this conversation um, how it's not necessarily black and white um, and actually really discovering your personality and who you are is a bit of an ongoing journey and one that it's useful to keep a sense of openness with um, as you um, kind of observe and discover more parts of yourself or um, more doors that have kind of uh, been there waiting for you to be opened to use an analogy that Leslie uses which I really love so yeah I'm really passionate about using using your personality type to actually grow and evolve um, and use it as a platform from which you can you can do that as well as personality typing, in today's conversation, we also talk about how Leslie came to starting a business, how she runs it in her own way, and about a course and community she runs for folks who are interested in discovering and tapping into their personality type to design and live a more meaningful and purposeful life. At the time of this episode's release, so um, early May 2021, the Designing a Purposeful Life and Hello Personality community are about to open their doors. So do check out the link in the show notes if you are interested in finding out more about this wonderful community and course that Leslie's put together. Otherwise, I really hope you enjoy listening in on today's conversation. And as always, I invite you to take a moment now just to pause, perhaps notice your breath, or otherwise ground yourself maybe plant your feet on the floor if it's safe to do so. And I welcome you to my conversation with Leslie McDaniel. Hey Leslie. I'm hey Jess. Al- I'm always really excited to speak to you. Um, we've spoken a few times now, um, which I'm really grateful for. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for doing this. Nice to see you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me and it's great to see you too. <laughs> Cool. So um, if we could get started, Leslie, by um, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a few words about who you are and what you're up to at the moment. Um, You can say as little or as much as you like. I'm all ears. Sure. Um, So I think I usually describe myself as a personality type consultant and a personal development coach. And what that means is that I love using personality type frameworks um, to help people create the life that they want to live. And those personality type frameworks that I focus on are like Myers-Briggs with the Jungian cognitive functions and the Enneagram. And I just really love using those to help people, um, you know, increase their conscious awareness of how they're showing up in the world and being able to use that in a really intentional way to design and take action on the life they want to create for themselves. Awesome. Yeah. And as you know, I, I find this stuff really interesting and, and we, we, we've spoken a little bit about personality typing and especially like using it in a way that's conducive to growth. Um, yeah. You know, I remember kind of like, it, it seems like a lot of us experience personality type and figuring out kind of those four letters where we might go on 16 personalities 
and then proceed to kind of just Google our type and we get all sorts of articles, sometimes clickbaity, sometimes memes, <laughs> like there's some, some helpful stuff in there and then there's some not so helpful stuff in there. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to know like how, how it was you kind of came into like this world of kind of, uh, I guess, typology and, um, yeah, like what your early experiences were in kind of the, the material that you were engaging with, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think like most people, I, you know, came across the, um, or, or really started to get into personality type because of like personal resonance that I found within, uh, the descriptions of my types and those systems. And, um, you know, at first, for most people, I won't speak for everyone, everyone, but for most people, there's just this sense of either relief or understanding or clarity, something that comes along with that. And I think these systems were brought across my path in uh, like previous jobs, uh, when I was in school, like different places, they would pop up. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know, but I really didn't dig too far into it. Um, until one day I did. <laughs> and then I, you know, really was interested in taking it a step further. Like what, you know, what's the, the power or the potential in this information to make a difference in my life and other people's lives? And, you know, what, what comes after that step of awareness? You know, it's kind of like um, for most people reading a description of your type or reading about your type it's a little like, uh, you know, a light coming on in a darkened room sometimes, but, you know, what I've realized and what the systems are, um, in my opinion, really intended to help you see is that there's actually some other doors that have not been opened in that room that you haven't even been aware of. And so what I'm interested in now is helping people identify those doors or, you know, basically identify those things that are not at their conscious level of awareness. Like what are the things that are driving you automatically? Um, you know, that you're, you're, it's just so part of, of your normal automatic behavior that you're not even really aware of it. And a lot of those things are not helpful, right? If we could take conscious control of them or, or become aware of them, then we have the power uh, possibility of changing them. And the purpose of that would be to change them for having the kind of life we really want, to feel fulfilled, to feel purposeful, to feel more meaningful, and those kinds of things. Mm. I, I love that analogy of, um, that you used of kind of uh, switching on a light and, and finding these other doors. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I love analogies, and I really like that one. Um, at which... Um, because I, I again I remember the last time we spoke you, you you were telling me a little bit about your background in terms of uh, photography and other things like that um at what point um I was going to ask you know were you in a mode of self-exploration but perhaps like me I'm sure you're always in a mode of self-exploration <laughs> one way or another but was there anything in particular going on for you when you um kind of really came to this and started to lean into it, you know, and, and use it for yourself? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I've always been interested in how people think and relationship dynamics and kind of like how we understand each other and how we understand ourselves. 
So I think if I look back to kind of when this really kicked off, it it was that I had been through, um, you know, I had been working in some jobs that I really enjoyed, but there were some frustrations, right? And as I tried to figure out like, what's going on here? You know, what is it that's really bothering me about this? How can I solve the problem? Um, how can I create or ha- find a job that really um, sort of meets the criteria that I'm looking for? Um, in that that time frame, there was like an intense period of self exploration, more so than than you know the typical um, amount, I suppose. And I remembered some of those personality type um, systems that I had come across, and I thought, well, you know, maybe there's some answers here or in these systems. And I think that's probably really it was. Um, kind of the inciting incident, if you will, of digging deeper into them to try to find answers. And I quit my job and I decided to start a business because I thought, you know, the only way that I can be responsible for the things that I want to create in my life is to be responsible, 100% responsible for them, to be completely in control, so to speak. Um, because it really is mm-hmm. not about other people, it's about me, <laughs> right? The struggles that I'm having, you know, this, the, the things that I want, that the expectations I have, it's really about me um, and and learning that and understanding that also is empowering because it gave me uh, the ability to, to, to make change, to create changes in my life. Because if I'm responsible for it, then I'm responsible for, for changing myself as well. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does make sense. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, from what you were saying about kind of realize kind of trying to make sense of your experience in certain jobs um i think i think for me um i now understand better why um i have certain struggles in like employed work or when i'm kind of like mm-hmm. um in kind of organizational structures or if i'm like reporting to someone like it really um mm-hmm. Uh, conflicts with my sense of kind of freedom um, and also hearing you talk about that, that empowerment um, and taking responsibility that feels really important because I know there were times when um, I think again taking responsibility part of it was within me but I think I alluded to earlier some of what I was reading was um not 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 negative as such but like it made me feel like oh gosh like i'm just so different i'm so weird like the world doesn't understand me <laughs> like apparently i'm least likely to be an entrepreneur as an infp like oh so <laughs> it's difficult for me to work in settings but i want to do my own thing but i'm reading this so um i think it really is important to uh just yeah kind of I don't know if it's adopting a mindset or just taking on the energy of, of like, uh, responsibility and empowerment. Um, yeah, I've, I've found that to be helpful. And I think it's, uh, it's just like a really important point that I wanted to reiterate. So thanks for, thanks for sharing. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, we're all unique individuals anyway, even though there's a description that says, this type is most likely to do this or least likely to do that. Like, it's not really a limiting thing. And some people could read it and say, oh, well, you know, I'll throw my hands up. I'm not going to be an entrepreneur. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. But 
it's really like, mm. for me, it's an invitation to take that a step further. Why? Why are you maybe least likely to do that? And what are the things that you can control if that's really something you want to do? Like, it doesn't... It, I've mentioned this before. This is an, from an Enneagram book, uh, and I apologize because I'm plagiarizing a bit here because I don't remember who the author is, but there's this uh, quote of, you know, the Enneagram shows you the box you're already in. It doesn't put you in a box. And I repeat that a lot because I think it's important for us to remember that these personality type systems aren't really limiting. They, in my opinion, I think it maybe just requires a shift of perspective, but it's, it's actually... Um, it is freedom. It provides freedom because it can show you, like I was talking about those doors that you've never even opened, um, or the things that are, are driving you automatically that maybe you want to make a change or, uh, figure out how to do something a little differently. Maybe you've been using part of your personality in a less healthy way and you want to use it in a more healthy way that would actually make you a really great entrepreneur, you know? Um, and maybe the term entrepreneur, some people who are entrepreneurs are doing it in a totally different way that only reach a certain segment of the population, for example. Uh, maybe someone such as yourself could reach the type of people who wouldn't be drawn to them. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it. And I just always like to bring that up because that is a, a hesitation a lot of people have that it's, it's going to limit me, it's going to put me in a box, or it says this about me, so therefore I can't be X, Y, Z. Right, yeah, and um, again, I love that quote. I know it's one that you shared with me before about it <laughs> showing um, the box that you're already in as opposed to kind of putting you in a box. Like, yeah, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. um, and, I mean, I, I'm curious to hear your, your take on kind of personality systems. Like, um, it feels to me that there of course and especially like Myers-Briggs and Enneagram um I've looked less into Enneagram but I am uh, it's probably something I could lean more into but I think when it comes to these systems um I feel like they can be they can be really helpful and you know you take um perhaps it's a good one to ask you because I know you've looked at both Myers-Briggs and Enneagram um it, 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 I, I just see them as different ways of understanding ourselves and, and maybe um, of perhaps even using them in conjunction with one another. Because, um, again, I know that you, you, you now work with both. Do, do, they, do, you, do you feel they complement one another in a way? Do you feel they're quite separate? Um, and again, I'm conscious that there'll be folks um, listening to this conversation who will probably know about Myers-Briggs. Um, and may or may not know as much about the Enneagram. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear mm -hmm. what you what you have to say about that. Yeah, so um, I think the answer to your question is both of those things that you asked about. Uh, I think there are people who are generally drawn towards one or the other. And I think mm -hmm. from my perspective and what I've sort of observed, I think it's just a lack of understanding of the other one. Um, or maybe they found one first and they it really resonates with them. Uh, maybe they're mistyped in the other system. And so, uh, so anyway, I think that they're both they both offer something, but they offer something unique, um, and they're different uh, lenses through which to view different things. Um, so I do think they're complementary. I think a lot of people are trying to fit them together so that you know. 
there's a direct overlay of this type is like this type in the, in you know in Myers Briggs and Enneagram. And the truth is that any Myers Briggs type can be any Enneagram type. Um, but I think that with Myers Briggs, you know, you're really looking at brain wiring. You're looking at how do you learn information and process things. What what's the information you're looking at when you're learning, and then how do you make decisions? What's your decision-making style? What are your blind spots in both of those areas? That's your brain wiring. Um, it's less, or it's not really at all about motivation or behavior. Those things come with the Enneagram. So the Enneagram helps you uh, see your core motivation and everything. It's To me, it's almost a little harder to look at that because it's sometimes so unconscious, like you're not even aware of your core motivation for things unless you've done a lot of self-observation, you really know yourself well. So I think using that system, um, you know, when you're looking at what's my core motivation, what are my sort of fixations in life? What are my um, defense mechanisms? Those kinds of things that relate to behavior and motivation. uh, That's when you use the Enneagram. When you're looking at more like that those things I talked about, the decision-making style and the, the processing, how your brain is wired, how you come to decide on things and, and learn information. You want to use Myers-Briggs. They both can be used for growth and development. Um, but yeah, I see them, they're, they're complementary in that they look at different things, but they fill uh, gaps that the other one doesn't, if that makes sense. It does. And it's really fascinating hearing you describing both of those things. Because I think you know I'm really into like the whole mind-body stuff and the connection. And I guess hearing you say Myers-Briggs is kind of... Um, Myers-Briggs is how your brain is wired. I know you, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. You didn't exactly say that. Yeah. And hearing how you were talking about Enneagram and motivation is almost subconscious. That almost feels more... It's almost like Myers-Briggs kind of brain and like Enneagram more kind of, I don't know, subconscious body. Um, Again, I know it's not as simple as that. Um, And it leads me on to another question. Have you, I'm always, again, I'm always curious. I'm always curious, but also wary of, you know, just drawing conclusions. But just in your experience, do you see patterns emerge when it comes to, uh, INFJs, um, I know you worked in particular with INFJs, so you've worked with other personality types too. And the Enneagram, like, do you see, I don't know, some of the numbers of the Enneagram appear really commonly amongst INFJs and, and perhaps INFPs or other types? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> so I'm really hesitant to answer that question because. So diplomatic, um, Leslie, so diplomatic. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, you know, you can Google like most common Enneagram types among INFJs or INFPs or whatever. Right. Um, and you'll see people who've done charts and so forth. But I think the problem with that is, is that it is self-reported for the most part. And there are, you know, there are a lot of mistypes and there's just some misunderstanding. So it's hard for me to trust that data, for example, um, as a, a clue, right, as to types or um, INFJs are this, that, or the other. I will say I've met um, an INFJ of every single number um, mm. in real life, and these are like kind of verified INFJs. They're um, fairly certain that's their best fit type. But the common uh, types that I've worked with 
getting back to your question, um, would be uh, frequently nines and twos and fours. Um, they tend to come up quite frequently um, for INFJs and, and the, the, the intuitive feeling types that I've worked with. Um, now that doesn't mean if anyone's listening like, oh, I'm a two or a nine, two or four, so I must be an INFJ <clears throat> or an INFP or whatever. Um, it's not as simple as that because again, like I said, I've met uh, type three INFJs, type five INFJ, type one INFJ, and so on and so forth. Type eight INFJ, <laughs> you know, all uh, all across the board. Um, so yeah, that's not a really straightforward answer to your question, but um, yeah, go ahead. But I appreciate it. And, and this is why I asked you the question because I knew, I've, I've seen these articles online, um, but I know... Um, I wanted to ask you that question, Leslie, because I know that, um, yeah, you, 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 you care a lot about this stuff. And I also know that you've done a lot of a work and understanding around it, but also, um, I guess you've kind of got, um, in the field experience because you've worked with these clients and even you said, these are verifiable folks. I'm guessing very verifiable by virtue of your having, um, worked with them and giving them an assessment, essentially. Would I be right in saying that? Some of them, others are like people who are in uh, typolo the typology world, like they've gone through similar profiler training that I have, um, right. you know, things like that. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the verifiable piece is, well, just to give an example, you know, people come to me because I've built an audience uh, around being INFJ and working with INFJs, although I've worked with many types at this point, um, and I will work with any type at this point. But what I found is that, you know, I don't have the percentage, but of the personality type consultations I've done in the last year, a very small percentage of them were actual INFJs. And that doesn't mean INFJ is any special, any more special or anything like that. It's just there's some fundamental misunderstandings. Um, you know, I've profiled at least three ENFPs who came to me thinking they were INFJ. And, you know, you, the, you think that's a pretty different type. But when you look at it, they both start with intuitive function. They have a feeling function second, a thinking function um, third, and a sensing function last. And for whatever reason, they felt very introverted. So INFJ made sense. So anyway, all that to just reiterate that it, for me, I like to start with the, the, the clarity of the type and then go from there and not like pen anyone to, oh, well, you you're this type, so you must be this type in the Enneagram or vice versa. Yeah, because that it kind of can prove to be unhelpful, especially um, if and it's really interesting to hear that that um, uh, there are uh, folks who come to you who think they might they are might might be INFJ and they turn out to be in, uh, uh, perhaps uh, a closer fit with another type. Um, yeah, I, I again without without probably with knowing less about this than than you do. And I think that that NF combination is quite an interesting one, which comes with some commonalities um and i'd say in the myers-briggs world and z zeroing in honing in on that nf world there seems to be uh, a very there seems to be a lot of information out there on infjs so i feel like anyone a lot of other nfs who come across that 
and are so used to feeling different or weird or unusual in reading that INFJ stuff. Like, you know, I used to, even though I came out as an INFP, I'd read that because it really spoke to me and I didn't, couldn't find as much material for INFPs. Um, maybe that really speaks to them. And um, before you know it, you can go down kind of, you're like, oh, yeah, this, this mean, I'm kind of not me, but actually all this other stuff is. So I'm an, you know, I'm an INFJ. I'm, I'm, I'm just hazarding mm -hmm. a guess here. I'm sure there's kind of different things that mm -hmm. happen for different people. Um, but that would be, yeah, one of my best guesses as to what, what might go on, perhaps. Yeah. And some of those, you know, they, I'm sure they do resonate with them. And then you have to look at, well, who wrote the article? Like, and, you know, do they have an understanding of the cognitive functions? Are they focusing on behavior and so on? And then also, if we read something enough and identify with it enough, we can begin to take on the characteristics and believe that thing, believe that as our identity, even if it really isn't, you know, um, and that goes back to the consciousness or the awareness is once you actually identify your best fit type in either system, um, it's a bit of an awakening because you, you, you can um, begin to unlock those areas of yourself that were held more unconsciously um yeah so anyway i don't know how we got down that that path but um it's definitely interesting to look at the the two systems and potential overlaps and things like absolutely, that absolutely yeah and um i had a question which has left me for now um but i haven't I, had, I, had I did have another question for you that um I um I worked with you as a coaching client last year. As you know and, and hopefully remember. <laughs> of course, I yes. Do. I mean it's for you to, to say that I, I don't tell yeah, people no, I, that I know, it's yeah, for no, you to no, say. No, I know you yeah. don't. And I know that you didn't necessarily uh, know that I might share that here on the podcast, but but I have. Mm -hmm. I had a had a great experience working with you as a client. Um and one Thank of the you. interesting things that came up again, you might remember this, was, um, do you remember, like, th there was some of the, there was some IS ISFP stuff that was resonating with me, and I remember being like, oh, mm -hmm. gosh, um, and then, you know, I think I came to understand that even if I am an intuitive person, I can still have this sense of peace there. Um, so I wanted to bring that up actually because um, I don't know. It just felt felt pretty pretty. It was pretty pertinent. It felt pretty important for me actually. With I think if I if looking at all of those letters, if there was one where I'm like, okay, then maybe I'll shift or change, or one of them might be wrong. The one that I would have said was like, nope, not wrong with that. Like I'm an intuitive person, so it was really interesting for me to. Um, notice some of my sensor like ness tra traits I don't know what you want to call it um, mm -hmm. I wonder if maybe you might be able to kind of speak to that and whether that's um, an occurrence that you see with, with other clients that you work with yeah absolutely so I'm glad you brought that up because with ISFP for example um, well, okay, let me back up. So if we look at, at um, the, the cognitive function stack, every four letter type has a set of four functions in what we call their cognitive function stack. Mm -hmm. 
So they're in this order, and first, second, third, fourth. And for ISFP, that third function is their intuitive function, uh, introverted intuition. And that third function is really important because for everyone, for all types, because it's in the same, what we call attitude as our dominant function. So if we're an introvert, our dominant function is an introverted function, but so is our 10 year old. And so that means that we're going to want to spend a lot of time in our, our 10 year old or our, our third, uh, uh, function. I don't want to confuse people who are not familiar with their terminology, but for ISFPs, for example, that third function is introverted intuition. So a lot of times they have a really, really strong resonance with their intuitive side because they do use it. They're in it a lot. Um, they're very conscious of it. They're aware of it. Um, they use it. And that introverted intuition is the dominant function of INFJs, which is why a lot of ISFPs think they're INFJs um, because they're like, yeah, I use this function. I'm good at it, you know, and of course they do use that function. So I think that's one thing to point out. And the second thing is that there's such a bias towards being intuitive in the world um, in the type of typology. And we forget that everyone has an intuitive side. Everyone has a sensing side. Everyone has a thinking side. Everyone has a feeling side. Everyone has an introverted side. Everyone has a, uh, extroverted side. Like we are all of these things. Um, it just sort of depends on where those functions and uh, preferences lie in that cognitive function stack as to like how often we access them, um, how comfortable we feel with them and so on. So I don't know, I, I don't remember your actual question, but uh, I think maybe you just said talk about it. But I think um, that is one reason why the, the functions that are in the middle, for example, um, ISFP, we'll take that one, be extroverted sensing and introverted intuition. Whenever those functions are in the middle, uh, a person might feel equal draw towards their sensing and intuitive side. I know for you, you said, I'm absolutely an intuitive. But I think once I explained to you a little bit about what extroverted sensing was, you're like, yeah, it does resonate to a degree. Um, so for INFJs, for example, their, their, their introverted thinking and extroverted feeling function, or it's extroverted feeling and introverted thinking are in the middle. So a lot of times INFJs are like, oh, I kind of feel like a thinker and a feeler. I feel like I feel both. Um, there's a push pull with those two functions that are in the middle of the stack mm -hmm. um, in which most people identify with uh, with both of those. So, yeah, I kind of went off on a little tangent there, but I don't know. Is there something else you wanted me to talk about in relation no, to that? No, it, it was really to, just to... Um... Yeah, just to hear you speak to that, and uh, um, I think yeah, no, you you are, you are articulated that really nicely, uh, and because I, I, I remember being surprised when I first received that, um, and yeah, I I, I think uh, in in this world uh, it can really be easy to, to to think of like either absolutes or just like oh. In the last two or three years, I've just you know changed type, but there's nothing that um, it just feels a bit more nuanced than that. So that was my yeah way of uh, mm -hmm. trying to hear you talk a little bit more about the nuance. So so thank you. Yeah, and I I love giving that information to people because it it frees them up from just holding so tightly to an identity right. of something. Right. Like I'm this, and you know, 
I'm not going to pick on ISFPs because they do often think they're INFJs, but there's other types where they people will hold just really strongly to their type. They're like, nope, I'm this type. I am this. And they really shut out any additional information or any contradictory possibilities. Um, and that keeps from keeps them from getting to know themselves and keeps them from using this, which, you know, personality type's not the end-all be-all in self-awareness and self-development, but it keeps them from using these systems in particular for growth and development when they're not like opening their hands and, and being willing to let something else uh, hold something else for a little bit to see if it might be true for mm. them. They, they make us feel safe, I think, don't they, identities? Um, and I, I feel like what can yeah. sometimes happen is, um, you know, you said it can it can stop them from seeing other parts of themselves or whatever it might be there might be some really um, meaty, there might be some other parts of them that have been left unexplored because they've taken on this identity. So this feels really important Absolutely. to be open, to have that openness. Um, I, I do remember the question that I was going to ask you earlier that I forgot. Um, and again, okay. I, I, I suspect it might be another one that you're... Uh, diplomatic in answering <laughs> but i really am fascinated to ask you um so i um like personality type like nature nurture like it's very difficult to identify how it's formed where it comes from um oh actually but before i share that kind of related to what we've just been talking about i um was speaking to someone recently who is an example. I think she spent many years in the academic world, um, and so I think like the the thinker had been utilised. And 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 part of me wonders, like even like kind of with the letters um, and you know, kind of different parts being expressed at different times, whether it is partly due to our environments and our settings and the people in our environments and all this stuff which might shape which one starts to be more used um out, out which one um just gets more expressed if that makes sense i, mm -hmm. I don't know if that yeah are you asking if that's possible yeah <laughs> if, if that's possible if that because even me like with thinking of my sensing parts you know, I'm thinking of my previous corporate life where I was needing to use a lot of sensing stuff in my work environment and also in my family environment, other sensors. I'm just wondering if that's had an impact mm -hmm. in, in me exercising some of that sensory side of me or, 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 or mm -hmm. not. Yeah, so I'm going to speak more in generalities rather than, unless you want no, me to speak directly yeah, to no, you. More, but... more, yeah, more okay. generally. I do sometimes forget that this, this conversation isn't just for me. So, yeah, you can speak more generally. <laughs> Maybe it'll be helpful for you as well. Of course. Um, but, yeah, so the theory goes that we're, we're born with our type and, you know, personality type in, in these two systems. That's the belief. Um the way that the type is expressed um, can be, there can be some nuances as to how a person's showing up. Just like I talked about that with that 10 year old, there can be some, you know, it's pretty natural for us to want to be there anyway, because it's the same attitude as our dominant function. But 
There can be some other things that really reinforce that, or there can be some other situations that make it easier for us to access that second function, which is the opposite attitude of our dominant. So like me as an INFJ, I've got introverted intuition and then extroverted feeling. So there can be some circumstances that make it really easy for a person to access that second function. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, yeah, things like trauma and there's a lot of sort of, um, I guess, caveats. I don't know if that's the right word, but part of the training that I've been through with the personality uh, profiling training is in the conversation that I have, I'm digging through kind of all of that, not necessarily trauma, but the other things like what are their life experiences? Is this something that they've taken on because of a role? Or is this something that is like spread out over it, no matter what role they have, which role they have in their life? Is this something that has been true for them throughout their lifetime? Or is this just in this time period now? Is this a result of growth that they've done, you know, awarenesses and changes they've made, or is this, you know, um, just the way that they've always been. So I'm looking at a lot of those pieces because, um, you know, usually when we have a piece of us rise up, um, that's not necessarily natural or it's not a natural preference there. It is because of like a role that we've taken on or, you know, maybe we've had a parent who had a particular function that really reinforced that or that it was praised or whatever. It doesn't, at beginning, or going back to the beginning, it doesn't change who we are fundamentally as far as our personality type. Um, you know, we can change as people over time for sure, but with Myers-Briggs, it doesn't change the way you make decisions and the way that you process information fundamentally. Right. Um, and again, with the Enneagram, like it, it doesn't change what your core, mo what core motivation is, is there and it has existed in everything. Um, it usually takes a lot of awareness, a lot of self-awareness for someone to identify mm -hmm. those things. But that's when, you know, usually people seek help to help someone, uh, help them parse through those things to see, you know, is this actually the way I am? naturally or is this something i've developed over time we've got you yeah understood does that answer yeah, your question absolutely does. Yeah, no, thank you very much and thank, thanks for also okay. speaking generally uh, and reminding me that others will be listening to this and it's not just me <laughs> me like learning about myself it's all you. for you jess yeah, I, I, I honestly find these so interesting and every time i talk to you it's like i you know glean something new so thank you for that um yeah a really common question i get is um Jazz, so like, how do I actually find out what my type is, like accurately? Um, and it might be from people who, you know, they do one test and they come out one thing and they do another and they come out something else, or they're really even on a couple of, on like um, one of the uh, um, spectra, you know, like whether it's uh, P or, and J or, or T and F. Um, mm -hmm. How, how, what do you feel is, is kind of useful for getting to know your type? And again, I know that this may not necessarily be a, I'm going to do this thing and now I know it. It, it can be like an ongoing exploration and understanding of who you are. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear you, mm -hmm. um, what you would advise to, to someone who um, actually wants to truly figure out what their, what their type is. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. And you know, there was a time when I would have recommended like, take this quiz, take this test, do this, you know. But I think starting there, like, 
If you're going to start with a quiz or a test online, that's totally fine. But use that as like one piece of data. Like this is a starting point. And then don't turn around and take 15 other tests to try to see how the answers match to that one. Take the answer and then, <laughs> which we've mm -hmm. all done, right? We've all done oh, it. Yeah. Where I've taken the test every day for 15 days and I get the same answer or I get different answers. I mean, we've all done it. So there's no shame there. But what I'm saying is like change your perspective or motivation for using the, the test or the assessment. Um, because figuring out your type, if we go back to like what is the point of understanding your personality type, it's like for me, self-awareness, increase consciousness and using it for growth. So if you want to do that, go ahead and start the process now. Don't wait for a test to spit out the same answer every single time. Take that result and then start digging into it and trying to see, observe yourself, self-observe over time. Is this the way I'm showing up? Understand the cognitive functions if we're talking about Myers-Briggs, not just those four letters. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, because like I said, those two middle functions can make you question um, uh, that dichotomy. So if you've got a thinking and a feeling function in the middle, you might be like, well, I feel like equal parts of both. <clears throat> so begin to observe yourself. And if you are struggling there and, you know, maybe don't have the patience for or the time or interest, seek out help from someone who knows a little more than you or a lot more than you and and share with them what you're going through or do a type consultation or something like that to help you get clarity. But again, even like for me, when I do personality type consultations, I remind them that I'm, I'm not the one telling them what their type is. I will share what I see and why I have come to that conclusion. But ultimately it's for the person to go and then process it and observe and see, is this true for me? Does this work? Um, you know, is this how I'm showing up? And there, there's a lot of work there, right? There's a lot of self-awareness, a lot of self-observation that takes place. Yeah. It, so it's, it, I guess the simple answer is it's not a quick process. <laughs> yeah. And it really does feel like it is a case of taking data from different places, um, being open and explorative and, um, yeah, an openness to also receiving new information. Um, yeah, it feels like there's yes, like, yes, because sometimes people, it feels like there's ingredients, yeah. you know, to I understanding think... who you are. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And sometimes people fear some of those ingredients and that can keep you from actually figuring out your type. Like, uh, you know, let's say for example, an extrovert who thinks they're an introvert, but they're actually an extrovert. They might have some like preconceived ideas about what it means to be an extrovert, some stereotypes that they don't like and they don't resonate with and they don't take on as part of their identity. So that's going to keep them from actually, uh, if they are an actual extrovert, from using their type and from claiming, you know, actually their actual identity within the personality type. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I I know that there's a lot of work you've done individually with clients from personality type consultations to kind of uh, coaching work um, on more of like an ongoing uh, basis. Um, but I also know that you've you've started to do some um, 
there's kind of group facilitation and then there's this course and this community um which i know you you you've you ran i believe earlier in the year and now there's um yeah there's there's a um there's it's like a would you call it a second cohort would that be how you describe it Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, that's definitely yeah yeah Yeah. so second cohort so um you want me to tell you a little bit about that (laughs) not yet so i'm really excited to talk about that before (laughs) before we get there the last conversation we had um you said something along the lines of um if i hadn't and i'm I'm very fortunate i'm 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 very blessed very privileged if i hadn't have had like the space to like build the business i'm building like i'm not sure i would have been able to or wouldn't have been for me or anything like that um and that really spoke to me and i think that speaks to a lot of other like intuitives who go on this whole doing your own thing journey um and I wanted to talk about that because that felt really, yeah, I don't know. It just feels really sure. important. It really resonated with me. Um, and also I know you and I have talked about just kind of slow growth and like kind of building biz- building our business in ways that feel good for us. Um, so I-, I wondered if you, you might be able to share like how, when was it, when was it you started kind of working on this business? And I don't know, maybe any, just just any yeah any kind of lessons that you've learned along the way or perhaps any any lessons you've learned about yourself and how you like to do things as like a as like a a, a business owner if that makes sense yeah sure you wrote about this recently didn't you in your most recent newsletter or something that came out right yeah, yeah. absolutely um mm-hmm. so yeah um where should I start? Yeah, you're right. As far as we've had these conversations about wanting to do business our, our own way, I think most people in our spheres, you know, for you, INF uh, club and me, mostly INFJs, but a lot of other types who resonate with INFJs. Um, we tend to want to do things in our own way. Um, but a lot of us also struggle with messages from the world of how things should be done or how other people do things or if you want to be successful, you've got to do this or that. I think when I started this business, remember I talked about earlier, I was in a place of like kind of intense self-exploration and understanding. And I started this business with the uh, belief that I was going to do it my way and I was going to take it slow and I wasn't going to get myself burnt out and I wasn't going to overwhelm myself and, you know, just figure out what works for me so that it would be sustainable. So it'd be something I would enjoy because remember I was coming from those previous work, uh, work situations where things were not aligning for me <laughs> completely. So if I had the chance to do it, uh, fresh, I wanted to create it in the right way. So that said, um, I have always started from the perspective of building relationships with people. So I started, a, a an email list and just began to communicate with people that way, re- have people reply, talk back to them, develop relationships. Some people have come to work with me just recently who started following me years ago when I started that email, like four years ago. Um, And 
I think anytime someone has suggested, I have taken book, uh, you know, business courses and things like that. Anytime someone has suggested, like, you've got to do this, you've got to have a this, you've got to, you know, market this way. I have taken the opportunity to slow down and think about, does this fit my long-term goal, my long-term plan? Is this something I'm willing to commit to? Like, do I have the energy for this? Um, does this make me feel like excited inside or do I feel lit up by the possibility of this or do I feel like ugh, drained and already dreading it? Um, so I have kind of those filters as I, I'm thinking about which ways am I going to approach my business. Now I've made mistakes, of course, and I've done some things that I don't, I didn't really uh, want to do on advice of maybe a coach or someone else in the past. Um, but I only did it once and I knew immediately that it wasn't right for me. Um, and I just each time back up and decide, you know, I'm, I want, I want people to walk away from experiences they have with me feeling at least no, no worse than they started. Right. And hopefully better. So that includes all the marketing materials. Now I can't guarantee that everyone has always done that. Um, because each person has their own stuff going on for them. But that's my intention anyway. My intention is for people to to know that I'm like genuinely wanting to help them. I'm not trying to, um, you know, be quote salesy or anything like that. I really, really do believe in what I'm doing. And, you know, and I believe in the ways that I've been sharing the information with people to try to help them. Uh, see what I can do, what I can, how I can help them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that felt really scattered, but I don't know if that spoke to what you're looking for. It it, it <clears> did. <throat> uh, you, you forget, well, you probably don't, that I, I'm a really scattered, scattered INFP. Uh, and even in the even in like, the <laughs> questions that I ask, they're really open-ended to the extent that um, yourself and others, typically, actually, it, it happens a lot with the INFJs I interview. They're like, so, like, was your question this, or have you, have you just left that open? Um, so, I love scattered, and I, yeah, I just um, really wanted to hear you talk to that in whichever way it felt right. Um, and it's and it's really important. Like, I think it's um, you know, you said you made mistakes, and you said there's maybe advice you've seen or you've been given where you maybe have tried it, and you're like, you know, it just wasn't for me. And um, it 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 feels like for you and there's quite a clear sense that that isn't right for you. Is is it like a, is, is it a feeling? Is it an intuitive sense that you have that something doesn't feel right? Like, well, like, well what is that like for you? Um, not in the way that you have. Uh, it's not in the way that like, it just, it, you know, I, I feel this uh, conviction that I can or can't do this and I just can't get motivated until I feel the right way. It's not really that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's a combination of sort of an intuitive sense, um, just like a knowing, which we've talked about this before, right? For me, it's not like a, it's not really like in a heart, in a heart feeling. It it just, it's neutral. It's a, it's a neutral, this makes sense to me, or it doesn't make sense to me. Um, that's, that's kind of really, I guess the best way to explain it for me, um, and then there's also the feedback, right? Like when I see how it's impacting people, um, which thankfully nothing that I've ever done, I don't think I've, I've seen any major negative impact amongst a whole group of people, but you can kind of sense, 
right? How people are uh, responding to things. And that gives me information as well because of the yep. type of, you know, I use extroverted feeling. <laughs> um, so that is another, uh, and I'm also, because of the way that I'm wired, I'm always sort of thinking about, okay, if I do this, how is it going to come across? How are people going to perceive that? What are the thoughts that they're going to have based on how I share this? You know, what are the actions they're going to take? What are they going to think, feel, do all those things? So that's kind of always on my radar as I'm, I'm writing and talking and speaking to people. So that's another kind of just um, cluing into that perspective, other people's perspectives helps me to know as well if it's the right thing or not. It, it sounds like there's a lot of thought and <laughs> well, yeah, a, 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 a lot of thought that goes into the decisions that you're making and the content that you put out. And I even saw on your, I even noticed on your, because you've got a monthly newsletter, uh, which is awesome. I always, I always really enjoy reading it. And at the bottom, you say the next newsletter is coming up on this date. So I've noticed that you mm -hmm. kind of, is that keeping yourself accountable to sending out the next one? When you, you like, I mean, I've, I've, yes. not, I've, not, I've, not, I've not seen everyone do that. And I was like, wow, a like part of me felt terrified. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> if I can imagine myself doing that, even though it sounds <laughs> odd, like I normally quite, but yeah, I, I don't know. I saw that and I was like, oh, wow. Like she's really, it's coming out then. So I wonder if she prepares that ahead of time or if, if she does it near the time, like, yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. Um, so I started the writing the email. Um, I, I wrote with more frequency when I first began, but I started writing it on a regular schedule. Mm -hmm. um, it came out on Wednesdays every single week. Now it's like every other week. I do have like a monthly in the newsletter and then a resources piece that comes with it um, on the alternate weeks. But I, I set it out as a schedule, one for accountability for me. And I do, I like to leverage my extroverted feeling, which is like telling people I'm going to do something. And then I feel responsible and I feel like I must carry it through because I've told them. And I, I know most people are not reading that line and being like, okay, uh, she said it's coming this date. Where is it? You know, I, I understand that. But for me, because I put it out there, um, it it is like an accountability piece, but also a lot of the people that I work with like to know what's coming up. That's part of their personality type. They like, they don't like surprises. They like to know kind of what's coming down the line. And so that's for them as well. Now I, I know people are not putting that on their calendar, most likely, <laughs> you know, expect newsletter today, but I think it's just, it's a way for me to like, I guess, honor them and whether they understand it consciously or not, like help me to show them I, I get you, I see you, um, and, you know, here's what's coming next. I'm not going to surprise you. Yeah, because I feel like even, again, even if it's something that's glanced over, like, yeah, I, I doubt people are going to be like, it's meant to be on this date, like, I'm waiting, like, on this date. But it's more like, <laughs> oh, it's kind of entered my psyche and I'm expecting another email from Leslie, like, in around a month's time. And, oh, now, now it's come. So, yeah, I get the yeah. subconscious... Part that you mm -hmm. mentioned as well um yeah thanks for being so mm -hmm. so so honest about that as well um and i did wonder yeah. I was like, is that like an accountability thing and it sounds like it partly is so yeah that's, that's pretty cool yeah um <laughs> right okay i know i yeah so i mentioned it earlier um you've got this course and this community which sounds like really awesome um i i honestly 
I'm not sure I've um, come across anything quite like it online, like in all honesty. Um, and I would, yeah, I'd love to hear more about it, like how, um, yeah, like perhaps what, 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 what the pull was and like what, what drew you to like put this together? Because like, again, I know um, there's lots of kind of uh, one-to-one work that you've done and I know you really value that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is more, um, I, I'll let you speak, but it sounds like a combination of a course, but also there's access to a community of others kind of engaging in the course. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, o- over to you. I'd love to hear more yeah. about it. Yeah, so you're right. I focused on one-to-one work the almost the entire time I've been in business until last summer. Um, Last summer, you know, I've known I'm, I wanted to gr- do group work for a while. Um, you know, it's like multiplying your impact, being able to reach more people at one time. But I just, I couldn't like get myself there to do it. So as I do, as I encourage other people to do, I surrounded myself with people to support me in uh, moving to the next step. At the time, I didn't know when I, I signed up for like a mentorship group, I I had a couple different coaches, a business coach and a personal coach, and it all sort of came to this conclusion of you need to do group work. <laughs> and so it wasn't said that way, but it just, it came out like that is the next step for me in, in my business. And so I'm telling you all this because at the, towards the end of last year, I ran three group programs and, you know, one of them was, uh, or a couple of them were journaling programs, um, and they were held mm-hmm. live. So um, we would meet together and we would actually journal together um, for, you know, personal development and increased understanding. So alongside of that, you know, remember, I have all this time uh, working one on one with clients and the people that I work with want a life of greater purpose. They want their life to be more intentional, more purposeful, more meaningful. So I began to look at like, what is it that people need to create that life of purpose. Because I don't think purpose is one thing like a job. You know, I don't think it's like a role or a title or anything like that. And how can people bring that from the future to now? And as I looked at that, I, I came up with what I call the four C's. Um, they're uh, consciousness, clarity, confidence, and community. So those are kind of like, in my opinion, the four ingredients that people need to create a life of greater purpose. So I took the experience with the journaling course, which was just held live. There was no community. There was no way for people to interact with each other. And I took that information that I had gained from watching people and seeing people and working with people and put put it together in a combination of a live course called Designing a Purposeful Life. And it's run live as well but it's like a content teaching session. And then people go and do journaling prompts uh, on their own to further their understanding. But they go together as a cohort and they have a platform where they can interact with each other between sessions. And that was the piece that was missing from the uh, live journaling courses I ran before. And um, that piece that the, the students really wanted. So I ran that course once already this year with a small cohort. And, you know, they were the first people to opt into this and to, to risk it. I really appreciate them. And they have built such a strong connection and understanding of using those four C's and taking action on building their life of purpose. So that course comes with membership into the larger 
community that I call Hello Personality. I call it that because it's you meet your personality and you learn how it's impacting you and use it for the purpose of creating a more purposeful life. So the members who went through the course are now in Hello Personality, continuing to take action on what they learned in the course, continuing to build a, a strong, committed community, um, having meaningful engagements. And so now we, all of us, the, the group and I are ready to open the doors again to this community. Um, and what we're going to do is take another, or I'm going to take another group through the Designing a Purposeful Life course. It'll be run live over five weeks, similar to how I just described. And then uh, they also gain a, like a lifetime membership, really, as long as it exists, to Hello Personality, to people like themselves who are also curious. They want to increase their consciousness they want to use personality type for the purpose of growth and development and creating the life they want. So what I'm offering now is that Designing a Purposeful Life course with the Hello Personality community. It's a bundle. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited about it. The, the, the current founding members have helped me to create some um, a beautiful place that we all want to hang out and uh, a beautiful purpose for our community and... Yeah, uh, I'm just really excited to be there and happy to be inviting new people in starting right yeah, now, actually. That sounds really awesome, Leslie. Um, who, would you, um, who would you say this is for? Uh, and I know we'll share the details so people can kind mm -hmm. of read more about it. But yeah, who, who would you say this is for? Um, and also, yeah. um, you, can, you can share some dates also as to when, um, kind of when doors open and when, when, uh, when, when kind of application uh, runs until... Yeah. So we have like a rather long kind of what we call big purpose statement. Um, but the first part of that is just that we are we, we invite or bring together curiosity driven people who are working towards increased consciousness through the personality, the lens of personality type. And that is the Myers-Briggs or Jungian cognitive functions mm -hmm. and Enneagram and people who want to use that for the purpose of gaining like really deep clarity on who they are and what they want in life um, and, and being able to take action on that to create the life they want. So that's kind of a, a generalized statement of who it's for, but I would say anyone who is a, a, a curiosity-driven person who wants to use personality type in those ways that I just described, that's, that's who it's for. So there's no, we have multiple different types in the group. Um, you know, anyone is welcome if they resonate with that. Uh, men, women, any, any gender, uh, welcome to come in as long as they, again, want to be part of creating this community and to participate and have meaningful engagements with awesome. people. And um, how, how, um, how do people find out more if they're hearing this and they're, and they're feeling a, a pull? Um, and again, I'm conscious that, um, yeah, folks who might be hearing this live, um, but also um, perhaps to keep an eye on your newsletter because you might well be running more of these in the future. Yeah, my plan is to open this two times per year, probably maybe three. Um, so it's going to be like bringing a cohort through and then they'll progress into the Hello Personality um, afterwards. Um, but yeah, so I don't remember exactly what you said, but what I'm going to be doing is running a live testimonial panel Actually, uh, I, th I thought that was a, a very like um, multi-faceted, I guess, way or, or three-dimensional way for people to 
uh, hear from the founding members who've gone through the course and are in the community about what it's like. So I'll be sort of interviewing them and there'll be time for people to have a question and answer from me as well about the course and community. I just felt like that was more, um, uh, gives more information than just reading a testimonial on a page, you know, which I have those as well. But I'm inviting everyone to that. That's going to happen on uh, Thursday, May 6th at 930 uh, Pacific. I think we'll probably include a link in your newsletter for mm-hmm. people to sign up for that if they want. Um, and then the course starts the following Tuesday, May 11th, and it'll run for five weeks. But um, yeah, the links to sign up for the panel, to attend the panel that is, and for the course I'm sure will be in your newsletter, and they'll also be on my website under services at Fantastic. Yeah, and um, yeah, lesliemcdaniel.com has will have everything, and also folks can there sign up to your newsletter where I know you send out um, some great information on everything that's going on, uh, kind of in your world, um, as well as kind of offerings, consultations, new cohorts. You'll be sharing on there, right? Awesome. Yes, definitely, um, definitely. And what I would also say is, um, I mentioned it earlier, I received coaching from Leslie last year. Um, I've known Leslie, I think I think it's a couple of years now, Leslie, and you are very thorough in what you do. You, your integrity is extremely high. Um, I'm quite careful and intentional about who I choose to work with. Um and I felt a pull to work with you. I'm so glad that I did. And um, yeah, I, I I just yeah would would invite and encourage anyone listening to this who is feeling a pull and a draw uh, to check out Lesliana work, to check out this course and this um, uh, this community, um, and and you know your other work. Like if you're those, I think those personality type consultations. I know that that's a, a smaller strand of what you do. But I, you know, again, I think anyone who's unsure of their type, like, uh, yes, you were really honest earlier in saying that it's not 100% accurate and you don't tell people this is it and that's what you are. Um, but I think those are really valuable and I kind of received um, one of those within the coaching that I was doing. Um, so, yeah, check out Leslie and her work. Um, she's awesome. And, yeah, no, thanks so much for... Thanks, Jess. Yeah, just, just for, for coming on. I will also say... Um, we did do one of these last year, um, and I misplaced slash laptop lost your interview. <laughs> so I'm so grateful that you've come back to do this. The timing just felt right with um, this exciting new, uh, new new project that you're that you're working on, um, and you are officially because at the time we we I think we reshared your um, conversation from, from the INF summit, so that's still on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you are, as things stand, officially the first person to feature on the podcast for a second time. Um, it's cool. No <laughs> thanks, worries. Yes, I appreciate um, it. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much again. It's lesliemcdaniel.com, and I'll be sharing everything on the newsletter and also in the podcast show notes so you can connect with Leslie. All righty. Thanks, Jess. Okay, I've just hit stop. So that's it for today's episode. 
If you're enjoying listening to the show, you might wish to dive in a little deeper by heading over to www.infclub.net. There, you can subscribe to my free newsletter and you'll find more little pieces to help you on your journey, as well as a community of INFJs and INFPs. Thank you for listening today and I'll see you next time.